Wow. People of Kane County, we are so glad that you've joined us for another episode of Pastors of Pain. We're a radio show. We're a podcast. Uh, we're coming to you, not live, but coming to you from uh, Stillwater Radio here in Stillwater, Oklahoma, Oklahoma's 10th largest city. What? 10th? Uh, Come on. But slowly becoming a Catholic Mecca. No, I'm just Mecca, kidding. Mecca. I don't know. Um, joined by uh, my co-host, I'm Father Brian O'Brien from St. Francis Xavier. I, I still don't like Joined by co-host. You don't like my name? Oh. 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 Uh, Why don't well, you like co-host? What's wrong with that? I, I still think co-host. Collaborator? Co- uh, I mean, co-host, co-host implies like I'm mopping the floors after you. Yeah. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, it does. What? I'm a co-host and you're a co-host. What? Then who's the host? There isn't one. There's two of us. That sounds lame. It's not like president and vice president. I'm a host and you're a host. Thus, we are co-hosts. Well, well, that's oh, we're, we're hosts squared. You could, also, you could also refer to me as your co-host. Like you're the pastor of St. John's, mm-hmm. but then if there was another priest who was also pastor, you would be co-pastors, huh? which we don't do in the Catholic Church. No, so. we don't. There's no such thing as a co-pastor. Yeah. One shepherd. Because when two, yeah, when two people are in charge, nobody's in charge. Oh, so so you're saying, and that's why our podcast is terrible. <laughs> that, there is, well, you're kind of in charge because you keep. You're, I mean, from a yes, from an organizational standpoint, ske- yes. But everyone knows that you're the smarter of the two. Uh everyone knows that your witty banter carries the day. Well, it, it's like baseball. Baseball season. Oh, I love baseball season. You need to go to more baseball games at this baseball stadium here in Stillwater. I've been to two, and I thoroughly enjoyed both of them. Fantastic. Even one of them was like really kind of cold. If no one's, if but you had enjoyed it, it, it whipped up on Arkansas Pine Bluff. <laughs> oh my gosh, rule run! Take that, Golden Lions of Arkansas Pine Bluff. I, what was it? It was twenty. Well, the game I went to it was twelve to two, but the day before it was twenty-eight nothing. Was a batting practice against a little league team? Is that what happened? I mean, Arkansas Pine Bluff. They had some. They had some game. I mean, they were, they did all right. Oh, I watched a game the other day. It was Arizona and Arizona State, and the left fielder ball boom comes off the bat, goes down the third baseline, bounces, bounces. Guy runs. There's two dudes on base. Guy is rounding second, round coming up to third, and the left fielder <laughs> reaches down to get the ball, and his foot gets stuck in some sort of like chain link fence underneath the wall oh. and his shoe is stuck. That would never happen here because our grounds crew is the best. And then the guy rounds third and goes home and scores. And this, by the way, this guy's just, and the other guy rounds first and goes to second. And this guy's got his foot stuck in the wall. He's oh. like, time, time. <laughs> it was, oh. it was a funny That's... moment against Arizona, Arizona State baseball. Go pack 12. <laughs> you the other night, you, we were both home in the evenings, which is a rarity, and you said, I forgot, you were just like, I want to watch baseball, and I was like, okay, because I like watching baseball. And we were supposed to watch then, Texas OSU game, and then it rained oh, out. Oh, that's right. It was that's rained right. out. So we ended up watching uh, LSU. Mm, and, LSU and, uh, and uh, uh, Mississippi State, and, yeah, the Rebs. Yeah, yeah. Which was a good it game. It was so random. We just wanted to watch baseball. We would have watched anything. Uh, no, I... I I really you like watch like a fourth grade little league game I just mean, to watch some baseball. I, baseball is sometimes watching baseball the paint drive. 
Baseball. I do love baseball though. It's, a, it's, it's good. It's a fantastic game. Well, so it's uh, it's May and uh, school's almost out. Whoa! Actually, as this airs, school is out. Is out. So congratulations on another successful school year. How many? Uh, how long have you been here? What do you? This is the summer. I start five. I got here in sixteen. So you have completed now. I got here four in eight, complete school 16? years at OSU. Yeah. You have nice. seen through a graduating class. I, I have. That's fun. It, it, it is That's also an accomplishment. It, but it was it was kind of strange because the the first year was a parish. The second year was moving oh. to another parish. The third year was COVID tied, and the fourth year was the remnant of COVID COVID tied. Wow! So, so it's not just like, really had. No, we haven't had a. And now and now our building. That's why so little has been accomplished. <laughs> Is that no. that is the excuse I lay out all the time to the bishop? Just leave, and then we're and uh, we're tearing down why the building. Are your collections down. Well, uh, you know why uh, we haven't had. We haven't, why has nobody come to church? Well, I'm just kidding. So, twenty twenty two, somewhere between August and September. Somewhere between August and September, you're going to like get moved out of here before you ever have. Because here, like next year, not that you're moving. Not, we're not. Thank moving. you. You're on the presbyteral uh, assignment the personnel board. board. Yeah, that. The uh, so the next year is not going to be normal because you're going to not have a building of your own. Correct. Then the next year is not going to be normal because you're moving into correct the building, and then the year after that could be normal unless there's like another global pandemic mm-hmm. or wow. So we're so you're. <laughs> So uh, year eight, have, year eight, everything will be stable again. That's crazy, man. Yeah. I've never thought of it that way. Yeah, I was wow. writing it up on the board the other day. And I was like, this is <laughs> this uh, is comical. Then you're going to need a sabbatical. Uh, oh, yeah. I may I may take a sabbatical. I may take like a month. When? Um, this summer. <laughs> this summer would be the time this to do it. This summer is because... There's no, you know, no Have summer you mass. In? You haven't put in for a sabbatical. That's like a formal, there's like a formal <laughs> process to. Yeah, I'll just probably take vacation. Oh, okay. And just do it. There's no formal process for taking vacation. Uh, there, you just si- sign up for it. Just make sure all your stuff's covered. Uh, let's see, Sunday mass, St. Francis Xavier, <laughs> the new church. This would be the definition uh, of the summer. <laughs> Campus minister, Clay Furley. Yeah, this is about he's it. He's gonna be your pastor. <laughs> he's gonna be my associate. He's and he's getting married. married. No, he doesn't have he's not gonna have a lot of time. I can't take hands. a sabbatical because I got all these weddings. I mean, it's like nine weddings this Stupid summer. Stupid married people. <laughs> Speaking of married people on um, the ladies. Yeah, so we wanna we we thought we would do a show on the role of lay people. Of the good people of God. The role of the laity. Which I think I think for a lot of people is maybe not something people like think about a lot, but the church has like a very well formed theology of the laity. Okay, define the word laity for uh, me. I will, for, the, I will, for the good people of me, God who are out there. Let me define it. Let me define it as the church defines it. Are you ready okay, for this? Okay, where are you where are you reading this? All you right, picked so up this a piece is of paper. Uh, there's a wonderful document okay. uh, from the Second Vatican Council. Oh, I love the Second Vatican, Vatican Council II, as it's known. Uh, which took place from 1962 to 1965. Um, what a, a council? I think we did a show on this one time. Uh, we we have, but. This is uh, we've done 152 shows, so I remember them all uh, <laughs> in, in order. Uh, that's 75 hours 
of hanging out with it, of, us. Uh, <laughs> Gabin. Um, the uh, <laughs> our, our producer Jay is uh, is like, I know, I'm so bored. I'm getting out of purgatory. This is the worst, <laughs> the worst thirty minutes of my I week. Just, I just learned what it was six weeks ago, and now I'm getting out of it. <laughs> so uh, a council, a council is a um, a gathering, a very formal gathering of the bishops of the world, mm-hmm. united around the Pope, the Holy Father, the successor of Saint Peter, the servant of the servants of God, the vicar of Christ, um, and they. And they do stuff. They decide stuff. They uh, produce documents to guide the church for the next sort of period yeah. of time. So councils in the history of the church. I've uh, crushed heresy. Ephesus, Council 431. Of Ephesus, Constantinople. Nicaea. Uh, Chalcedon. Trent. Trent. Vatican, uh, Vatican I. One. Yes. Anyway, so there's this whole Council of Jerusalem, right? That's in the They put, they in put the together the theology to crush heresy and to build up the church. So a lot of times it's in response to something. So the Council of Trent, for example, was in response to uh, what would many call the Protestant Reformation, you know. Council of Ephesus was against the the The, divinity of Jesus. Yeah, Arians. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nicaea. Um, So the Second Vatican Council took place in the 60s um, at a kind of a critical time for the church. Some would say in response to what? I mean, there's nothing going on um, out there. I would say, I would say, it's a, it's in a response to what's going on right now. It's like, in a response right to kind now. of modern you know, modernism. I think I would say. Yeah, what's going on? Yeah, the idea was for the to help the church respond to the issues of the day. Um, and so there was this council from 1962 to 1965, and then out of that council came certain documents. Yeah, one of those documents was a wonderful document that we highly recommend called Lumen Gentium. L U M E N Lumen space li- light to the Gentiles G G E N T I U M Lumen Gentium. Okay, and in chapter four of Lumen Gentium, which is a I don't know big document, 60, 20, 70 pages, 20, 20, 30 pages. You can read oh, it. Okay. It's awesome. It's so you should read it so this good. summer. Good you laity. Should read it good this people. summer. Okay, oh, define are laity. You me? No. Okay. The, the so chapter four is on the laity. Okay, tell us what the laity are. And it says this. This is uh, paragraph thirty one. The term laity is here understood to mean all the faithful except those in holy orders and those in the state of religious life specially approved by the church. Wait, wait, wait. There it is. Especially approved by the church. So the term laity is here understood to mean all the faithful except those in holy orders and those in the state of religious life approved by the church. Okay, if you're following so, 897 in the catechism, they boom, oh, catechism catechism oh, quotes it, 897. Nice. So a lay, a, lay, a lay person, someone who is in the lay state, would be um, anyone who is not a deacon, a priest, a bishop, or a religious sister or a religious brother. Okay. Yep. So let's give some examples. Um, well, the, the people on our staff who are not deacons, lay people, yes, yes, um, seminarians studying to be priests, laity, lay people, the common people, lay yeah. people. Yeah. No, they're in formation uh-huh. for you know, yeah, um, yeah, married married people who aren't deacons, um, kids, teenagers, babies, college students, just baptized. Yep, laity, laity, the common people. Um, so that's that. I think that's helpful to kind of start it as we as we begin here. 
Um, so the question then becomes, and and I think there's there's tends to be some kind of sometimes kind of a tension of like what is the role of lay people in the church? So we want to kind of parse that out for you, and especially talk about here in Stillwater, here in Penn County. What what does that what does that look like? Because as I mean, I think it's apparent to everybody that like we have a pope. The pope is not a lay person. We have a bishop. The bishop is not a lay person. You have pastors who are priests who are mm-hmm. not lay people. And so what it can look like, what I think it can look like is, well, then the laity have no role because the pope and the bishops and the priests run everything. Well, that, that was sort of the case up until the early 60s when you would have like, in Stillwater, how many nuns did we have back in the... A lot, I don't oh, know. There was yeah. a hospital. Yeah. Uh, Stillwater Medical Center was known as, I think, like St. Sacred... St. Joseph's or Sa- something. Yeah. St. Joseph's yep. Sacred Heart, something like yep. that. It was run by nuns. Yep. The the hospital St. John's in Tulsa, run by nuns. Yep. Uh, there were all these like small towns, like Paul Huska had a convent. Yeah. Mas- um, what's St. Anthony's in... Uh, Okmulgee yep. was run by religious yep. priests, and yep. so there were so many of these. A lot of people too, when they were kids, uh, you know, you, if you went to a Catholic school as a kid, like there were people who were like, "Yeah, I never had, I never had a teacher who wasn't a nun," you know, uh-huh. until college, and it's like, whoa. I mean, those days are over. And so um, it was like the religious; those, those people were. Yep, they were doing everything. And we still see this kind of mindset sometimes when people come to the priest for everything. Uh, and I think a lot of times that's kind of maybe older people who kind of have that. And I'm not, I'm not like downplaying or like making fun of it. But that's just a custom. Like, like, I need to know this piece of information. I go directly to the priest as opposed to like. They Google just it. About anybody, <laughs> yeah, anybody else who might, you know, who might have that information. Um, so there can be this kind of tension sometimes between sort of priests who, you know, we're, you and I, we're like the pastors of our two parishes. Correct. Um, the buck stops with us. Like, are we in charge? Yes. But then what I think we want to get across today is where, like, where would we be if it wasn't without yes. late like uh-huh. people? Agree. And the answer would be our parishes would be terrible. <laughs> like, in, uh, and, uh, like, even in, like, leadership— um, so the, I think the old, the old, I don't, know how many, I don't know how many of you have heard this like line. The old sort of adage is that the laity's job is to pray, pay, and obey. I've never heard that before. Pray, pay, and obey. Um, you hear that mindset, you know, when, when I, and I think you hear it, especially when like a decision is made by the Pope, by our Bishop, by a pastor. I've never heard that And maybe before. like without seeking a lot of input. Wow. You know, well, and, oh, you just think, you know, the lay people's job is to pray, pay, and obey. Um, but we don't, we don't think that. We don't think that. And that's the mentality. Like, if you're a lay person, you just, just shut up and shut up and pray. Shut up and give your tithe. Give your tithe and, and do what we tell you to do. <laughs> but you that's know? not what the Second Vatican no. Council says. No, 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 so no, no. Open, no. open so, the... Yeah. So, I think, <coughs> so it starts with, let's, start, just, let's for just a moment talk about baptism. Um, talk if you would. Like, what what is bap what does baptism do? Uh, baptism is is one. It uh, frees us of original sin. Two, it makes us children of God. Three, it makes us dwelling places of the Holy Spirit. And four, it makes us members of the body of Christ, the Church, priest, prophet, and king. king. Yep. 
Okay. So else? that's where this whole discussion ought to start, that the role of the laity, it begins not when you're selected to be on the parish council. Um, it begins when you're, when you're baptized, that every person who is baptized has a, a very significant role to play in the church. Now, does that mean you're automatically going to become pope? No, but I think that's the mistake that is made sometimes, and that is if I'm not the pope or a bishop or a priest, I have, you know, I have no important role to play. Au contraire, mon Yeah, friend. and I think we Come would say on. like, no way. But no that's way. the difference. That's the the mentality between. That's the way of I think us thinking, and sort of that that different generation who grew up with the priests, the nuns, the religious did everything, yep. and there was a very select few of. Uh, like, yeah. We'll let pe- you know when we need when we need you. You know, it's like no, I need you. Yeah. I need so that's you where now. one thing we've we've talked about. Uh, we've done episodes like on on the idea of stewardship, like living living a life of stewardship. You know, so you're kind of time and talent and treasure. Um, and here's what let me let me read what Pope Benedict says. So this is like this is Pope Benedict. So a lot of people not kind in of Vatican have this. II. This he is, was uh, at Vatican II. Vatican II. This was, uh, but he was he was at Vatican II as a priest. Yes. This is 2012, August oh. of 2012. So a lot it. of people have this opinion of Pope Benedict that he was like all you know, like hardcore. They called him like uh, the German Shepherd or the well, no, like <laughs> God's Rottweiler. Oh, that you was know, it. He was like that the was... enforcer of. But listen, this but is he Pope was Benedict. the enforcer. This is Pope Benedict. He's, then... he's say, he's talking about the role of the laity as co-responsibility. Whoa, come on. Here's what he says. Lay it out to us. This is uh, from the Sixth Ordinary Assembly of the International Forum of Catholic Action. Which is, <laughs> Sorry, what? There was a lot going what on. What year there. is this? August 2012. August 2012, where? Where was this done? Um, I'm going to go with uh, Rome. Okay, and yeah. it's the Group of Catholic Action. Don't worry about the group. Okay, yeah. good. Just so <laughs> people can search it. Co-responsibility demands a change in mindset, especially concerning the role of lay people in the church. Pope Benedict, here we go. They should not be regarded as collaborators of the clergy, but rather as people who are really co-responsible for the church's being and acting. It is therefore important that a mature and committed laity be consolidated, which can make its own specific contribution to the ecclesial mission with respect for the ministries and tasks that each one has in the life of the church and always in cordial communion with the bishops. All right? Whoa. So that was kind of a... That was kind of a uh, whoa, whoa, so it's whoa, not whoa. like... It, that was good. It's that This idea of co-responsibility, that we are all responsible for the church, but we each have roles to play, right? And so it's not like I, if I'm not the pastor, then I'm out. You know, mm-hmm. but rather, I mean, if you look and, and I, let's get specific on our two parishes, what role, like what role do lay people play in your parish? Well, uh, Matt Bond, my development director. How do I director. count the ways? <laughs> yeah. How do I count the ways? Matt Bond, my development director, Lauren Lacey, assistant development director, Taylor Uribe, uh, director of communications, Blake Bostick is my finance guy, Clay Furley is campus ministry, Kathy Perry, Irene McKelvey so that, keeps the place so we clean. Can say, Boom. One could say, but yeah, those are those people are all paid. Yeah, and then I have 
lots of student volunteers. So talk about that. Them. Kind of leadership. You have like a leadership. What I was, you, yeah, we have a student leadership that? council. What do they of, do? And the, the job of the student leadership council is to plan events and to put all these things into action and raise up their friends to to invite them to faith formation, fund different cool events, uh, get them involved in the Greek community. And then we have missionaries. And we have five focused missionaries. All lay people. All lay people. Yeah. Well, one of them is married, and their job is to to go out and evangelize on the campus and form college students and to to be lifelong missionary disciples. And, and where did they get this idea of, of being focused missionaries from? I, I brought this book, uh, Made for More, um, by Curtis Martin, a lay person, a lay person, and he's the founder of Focus, along with a bunch of other people, yes. the laity. Uh, what te- Focus is like? I mean, they have like bishops and priests on their. Yeah, Bishop Dan Muggenberg is on their board. board, But Mm -hmm. like, I mean, that's a total, that is a lay. That's a lay organization. And the one that you use, Cross Canadian Catholic. (laughs) Wait, that's Ragweed. Cross Canadian Ragweed. They go across Canadian Catholic Christian Outreach. Catholic Christian Outreach is a lay organization organization as well. And and so these lay organizations then have are kicking butt. Have done what we can't do, which is. Well, I think what the Second Vatican Council was asking, like, hey, how are we evangelizing the world? How are, how is the Holy Spirit going out into the world? And so we're doing that. The the laity, I love that. They're co-responsible. Co- co-responsible. Like they look at the parish of St. John Catholic Student Center and say, I'm responsible for this place too. It's not just Father Carey's job to be responsible for. I'm responsible for it too, and they're inspired in their hearts to to participate. So, like Curtis Martin and Focus, I mean, is a beautiful, beautiful example. I, Love the yeah. So, you, like, I I think especially in the theological world, we're seeing more and more some of the best theology of the church is is lay people. I mean, so we've talked about yeah. Curtis Martin. We've talked about. Uh, Ed Shree, Scott Hahn. Yeah, like Kimberly, Kimberly uh, Williams and Chris Petron, who are on our on our staff in catechesis and RCIA. Where are they? Get, where are they getting the stuff to help us to do RCIA? Yep. It's from the Augustine Institute. Yep. Uh, Chris Petron's working on a master's degree from the Augustine Institute, which is not run by priests. Yeah, it's, it's the laity. By, and and, yeah, and what Tim I love Ray about that is like. Those, it's whenever I watch those videos or I see some of the books that are coming out, those people were my professors in seminary. So, you know, it wasn't just a bunch of priests uh, that were teaching us, yes, and a bunch of nuns, yes. But the majority of the staff at the seminary was the laity who yeah. were who were teaching the faith to priests, teaching the scriptures, teaching moral and ethics and Yeah, who everything. runs your RCIA? Uh, Kimberly Williams. Who runs my RCIA? Stacy Humbert. Yeah. Right. So, th- just a couple examples. So, I have at Mike. I have a. I have a finance council, which there are two priests on the finance council. Me and Father Robert. Right. The re- finance but, council. But the head of yeah. the the head of the finance council is a guy named Kate Crawford. Married, is a banker. Uh, I have a parish council, parish pastoral council, which I'm on, and Father Robert is on. But who runs it? Uh, her name is Annie Ortiz. She teaches fifth grade at Westwood. <laughs> like, right? Um, I have a group called the Parish Leadership Team um, that helps me in kind of the a lot of the day to day operations, right? Mm-hmm. And I lead that. But but who's on it? Uh, me and Father Robert of a deacon who's on it. But then also, Aaron Johnson, Stacy Humbert, Betsy McNeil, like lay people um, who play. I mean, I cannot under under I cannot overstate the role that they play in the life of our 
perish. Oh, uh, l- uh, let me give you another one. When uh, when I arrived in Stillwater, I was only here a couple months when we st- when we those donors showed up and said, "Hey, we would like to give five million dollars to a capital campaign." Yeah, and I was like, "There's not a capital campaign." In twenty three and a half <laughs> hours, two two people, two families had donated. And who did I go to first? The next morning, I called up Denny Scheller, Father Paul Scheller's dad, yeah. and I was like. Denny, uh, you ran Mercury Marine in in like all parts of the world. I need your help. And then he called Paul McMullen. Two two lay people uh-huh. who, and they got together and they formulated a plan on how we were going to build a new church. Yep. And I was like, you got these guys. Yeah, you got to be, be kidding me. You're awesome. You're so. In- so those are beautiful response. Beautiful, I think, examples of that. The idea, Pope Benedict's idea of co responsibility. Yes. Um, and we see that all through. So this, let me just give you another quote, Lumen Gentium, uh, paragraph 30. Um, there are certain things which pertain in a special way to the laity, both men and women, by reason of their condition and mission. Due to the special circumstances of our time, this is 1960s, the foundation of this doctrine must be more thoroughly examined. For their pastors know, that's us, for their pastors know how much the laity contribute to the welfare of the entire church. They also know... They were not ordained by Christ to take upon themselves alone the entire salvific mission of the church toward the world. Wow. So, priests, I mean, we, you, I'll just speak for you and I, we are well aware of our massive limitations to do the mission of the church, right? So we talk about, you talk about evangelizing the campus of Oklahoma State, and I talk about evangelizing Payne County, Oklahoma, like... Do you think these two knuckleheads who are your pastors like are going to be able to pull that off by ourselves? I'm going to go with no at all. Comma, we we want your wisdom and us and help. Because oh, like yeah. I I mean like look at look at your look at our two different groups of 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 staff and volunteers and people who just love the church. W- what are they doing? They're bringing their gifts and talents and wisdom and knowledge and their life of prayer to making these decisions. Uh, I, it, it is it is just mind-boggling uh, sometimes of how the Holy Spirit orchestrates all of this Puts it all together. to bring the, yeah. the people— yeah, the people that you need at the right time. And so I think people are afraid sometimes, like, oh, I don't want to. No, it's like, no, come on. We need you. Uh-huh. And I think and I think to hear for, for you all who are who are lay people, that's the vast majority of the people listening, to know how the church views your role. So the one, let me give you one more quote from Lumen Gentium. Upon all the laity, therefore, rests the noble duty of working to extend the divine plan of salvation to all men, in every land. Consequently, may every opportunity be given them so that according to their abilities and the needs of the times, they may zealously participate in the saving work of the church. Zeal- in the saving work of the, the church. Saving work. So what, I mean, the mission, it's not like we're going to take a big vote. Okay, what's, the, what's our mission? Like the mission is not up to, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not determined by the Pope or the bishops or priests or laity. The mission is given to us by Christ. Matthew 28, go and baptize all nations in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That's the mission. Yes. It's, it's set. We're, we're, we're there. We've arrived. But now, how is that mission then carried out? And I think to see that the role of the lady, I, I, I say this all the time to, to my parishioners, there, there are places I don't get invited. Like, 
I can't show up at your business and go desk to desk, cubicle to cubicle, you know, and and evangelize. I can't. I'm not welcome there. Right. I can't go into a dorm room yeah. at 11:30 yeah. on a Thursday night and have a theological discussion right. with a bunch of freshmen. Of which happens. No one's asking us. They're asking you, their roommate, their <laughs> their their office uh, mate, their coworker. They're asking you, hey, why are you Catholic? Or what do Catholics believe? What's the deal with the Eucharist? They're not asking us. Now, some people ask us, fine, and we're on. Let's go. But most of the time, they're not asking us. They're asking you. And so are you ready? Are you can you can you respond to those questions? And is your faith being lived out? If you ask like all the people who became Catholic, whatever, 50 plus people who became Catholic in Stillwater this year. Um, if you ask them, who was the example for you to want to look look into the Catholic Church more? My guess is, of the 50 people, I'm going to go with none of them <laughs> listed a priest or you inspire a nun. Me. Uh, they're going to say, my, my, my wife, my, my son, my, my, my dad, you know, my boss. My dad who became my, Catholic. Yeah. Stuff. Anyway. We run out of time. We could we could come back to this, man. Holy cow! There's a there's a lot more to say, but just that that uh, we want you to see. We want to that you. We are co-responsible for our parishes. Uh-huh. We're co-responsible for the church as a whole. Um, really, really, really important for laity to know know your role, L- and it's dang important. And take Lumen Gentium and read the section on the laity this summer. If you got ooh a podcast on what to do this summer. <gasps> Oh, no, that's that. a good idea. Okay. The other one I'll just say real quick is a document of John Paul II called Christi Fidelis Laici, which came out in 1988 on the role of the laity. It's 78 pages. There's a lot. We can say about this. But we're going to go. Hope you have a great week. Peace.